I just so appreciate the family of God because a lot of my natural family lives far away. But I have all of my kids and their significant others here today. I came down for my birthday yesterday, and I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Bless the Lord. We have a talented family, and the family in this house is a little house of God. But there's so much talent. But I, you know what? It's not about talent. It's about a heart. And when I see the people just giving what they have to give, what God has given them, and giving it freely, because that's what the Father did. He gave freely. He gave freely, and it's all about love. So I'm going to um, I want to just sort of give an overview of Easter week, and then I have a little teaching. If you've been with me before in Bible study, you'll you'll it'll feel very familiar. Um, but I just want to review just from Jesus's last week. Um, we're not, we don't often do the whole Lent thing, and and this year we didn't have a Good Friday service. But the build up to the end, which is the climax, uh, when Christ is crucified, and that's his coronation. The crown is made of thorns. <laughs> But it's his coronation. It's what he came to do. I always like to say when we ran the soup kitchen, there was someone who would say to me, if Jesus had been armed, if he'd had a gun or something, what do I need, love? Oh, thank you. Then he wouldn't have died. And I said, no, the whole point of his coming was to die. He came to die to take away the sins of the world. In his last week, he's, he predicts his, his betrayal by Judas he predicts Peter's denial, and yet he washes the feet of the disciples. He washes their feet, knowing he had come from heaven, knowing he was the king of kings, knowing he would be crowned lord of lords. He put on a servant's towel, and he washed their dirty, smelly feet. We heard a little bit about feet from Abigail. He washed their feet. He showed them what it's like to be a servant, and he started to talk to them about his being, the way. He said, I am the way, Gospel of John. I am the truth. I am the life, guys. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. It was a whole different style of Messiah than what they expected. And he started to talk to them about comfort, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit that would come. He started talking to them about abiding in him, in the vine and the branches, John 15. And it, it was the... It was the picture, the setup for the Apostle Paul who would come and say, be in Christ, be in me, abide in me, be like a branch that's attached to a tree or a, a, a grapevine. And then he warned them in John 15 after that, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. And as it is, you do not belong to the world. When you are in Christ, when you are born of the Spirit, when you are born above, you no longer belong to this world. You have been rescued from the domain of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the Son he loves. And Paul says, why do you live as if you belong to this world? We don't belong to this world. And Jesus tells the disciples, remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours. And they will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. 
before he goes to the cross, before he does the ultimate act of sacrifice, before he becomes the pinnacle of all mankind's history, he says, by the way, this will not be easy for you. And I think it's such a timely time for us as believers to hear those words again. It may not get be easy in the next while to be followers of Christ because it's not going to just mean sitting in church on Sunday and that's it. Because we're taking a stand that is so counterculture, always has been. But the lies are very loud, as, the, as it's said in the Jesus Revolution movie. And the truth is very quiet, but always will win out. So Jesus prepares the disciples to go to the cross and he says, it's better for you that I go away because the Holy Spirit will come. And then you just won't have one God-man in a body teaching you and being with you. You will have Christ, the Spirit of God, in you, each one who believes. And you will be led of the Spirit, and you will know how to walk in the Spirit, and you will have power when that Holy Spirit comes upon you to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. That is also very good news. Jesus is building up. He prays for himself. He prays for the disciples. He prays for all who will come after, who will believe because of the message of the cross. And then he's arrested. And that whole drama, just go through, you have to kind of read all the Gospels to get the whole picture. But Jesus is in charge. Jesus is in charge. They come to arrest him, and he steps out. Judas is leading the crowd, betrays him with a kiss. And, and Jesus says, who have you come for? If you've come for me, let these guys go. He's in charge. He's, they, he, they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. I am he, he says, Boom! A whole bunch of Roman soldiers fall on their keisters. And we're like, what just happened there? This quiet carpenter man just said, I am, and everybody fell down. Peter takes action like Peter would. Cuts off the ear of the high priest's servant, and Jesus picks it up and heals him. I always think, there goes that man that night, comes home with blood running down his neck, with his ears all in place, and his wife says, what happened to you? He says, well, I had my ear slashed off by this guy we arrested, but he just put it back on, and it's fine. There's stories there. There's stories there. Pilate doesn't want to crucify Jesus. He's like, I, he's, I don't find anything wrong with him. Why are you Jews wanting to kill him? I see you're just jealous. The non-believer, the non-Jew saw it. And he says, I give, you, I give you your king. And they said, he's not our king. Caesar's our king. That's the Jews. It's an incredible story. It's an unbelievable story. But it's the story that Jesus came to live out. And then, as Donna read, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus appears back in the scene. They put him in Joseph's tomb. They wrap his body. They're preparing for the Passover. Everybody rushes. And Mary and the ladies go later to anoint his body with spices because they didn't have time to do it right because it was a rush job. And they go, and there's been an earthquake, and an angel has rolled the stone away. He didn't come out because the angel rolled the stone away and he had needed an opening. He came out. He came out by power, and the angel rolled the stone away so the women could get in and the disciples could get in and see he's not there. Who are you looking for? Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? And the penny still hasn't really dropped fully, has it? We know the story so well. 
It's so familiar to us that the, the incredulousness of it, it's just, is that an incredulity? Sorry, I just made up a word. It's, uh, it's, it's just so familiar to us. Read it again and be in wonder. It's an, it's an amazing story. But this week, while I was preparing for uh, Romans, we were studying Romans on Wednesday night, and I had Romans 3 kind of all ready to go, but then I had a birthday party instead, so that was cool. So then I, then I had material for Sunday's message. So that wasn't Sunday's message yet, by the way. I'm just starting now. That was all preface. Be patient. <laughs> it's not long. Reading in Romans 3, and uh, oh, yes, I have this now. Let's see. And Sean's excited. There we go. Okay, and then we push this. Am I there? It's coming. Dun, dun, dun. Do I have to do anything else? Oh. We're in hope now. There we go. The Lamb of God. So in... Uh, In, in Romans, it says this, and we're, we're going to look at the text, but um, is that, did I go for too far? I think that might be the second slide. Is that the second slide? I think I went too far. No? Oh, okay, I need to. That's not, that's not the slide I wanted, but that's okay. We'll work with it. I wanted the verse, yeah. Can you just go there? Because if I do it, I have to snap through all the... No. If you click on it, you should be able to just go to the next one with the verse. Doesn't work from there? All right, we'll just work with it. I'm going to read it to you. <clears throat> there is no one, Romans 3, who will be declared righteous in his sight, in God's sight, by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscience, conscious of sin. But now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God, I'm just going to quickly go through this and so you can see it. Oops, now it's not working. Technology's wonderful when it works. Okay, there we go. That's what I wanted you to see. <clears throat> There's no difference between Jew and Gentile, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. I just want to point out a few words. If you've done Bible study with me before, you'll know where we're going with this. If you haven't, be patient. You are not in kindergarten, but just helps us to see things. This word righteousness is a really important one. Apart from the law, and this is Paul talking to Jews and everyone who's not a Jew, the righteousness of God, it's God's righteousness has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through what? Through faith. In whom? Through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So the, believe, the word for believe and faith are the same root. It's, it's almost the same word. It's really important sometimes to just be really rudimentary in things that are familiar to us and things that we know because the righteousness that people need to meet is God's righteousness. In, chapter, in verse 23, it's going to go on to say nobody meets that righteousness. 
not the Jews who were under the law and had the law from God, and not people who don't have the law. So how do we meet God's righteousness? It's given. Everybody say given. It's given. Gifts are given. It's given freely. We cannot be righteous by our own good deeds, our own acts. It's, they're like filthy rags to the Lord. We'll never measure up. I was a kid who was always trying to measure up to un, unrealistic standards. And one of the most important things for me when I came to Christ was Jesus said, here's the measure. It's the cross. And it's not a measuring stick, Sue. It's a cross to die on. And so when I feel like I don't measure up, he just kind of goes, uh-huh. <laughs> How would you ever measure up? You're just a person. I'm the God man. I did it for you. Look at this word righteousness three times. But now, apart from the law that we could never keep, the law that condemned us, the righteousness of God has been made known which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given, there's that word again, through what? Through faith. In whom? When you study this way, you kind of notice that God is the guy who has all the verbs. God's the, the guy of action. And Jesus is the mediator. All of the prepositions, you're like, it's Easter and you're talking about grammar. That's kind of boring, Sue. Jesus says all the prepositions. What are prepositions? On, through, by, in. God, everything God does, he does it through the Son and by the Son. And that's why you have to be in Christ in order to be saved, in order to be made righteous. Because in Christ, then you can receive the gift of righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. Who could have that? but God. But when we believe through faith, God gives us his righteousness so that we are declared righteous before him. And we will not with, with be judged. We will, we will be there in righteousness before him. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. That's Jews and everybody else. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I used to hear the analogy about if someone was swimming to Hawaii... Nice thought, right? Well, Hawaii is not the swimming part. If you're swimming to Hawaii and you get halfway there, good for you. But if you die in the ocean, oh well. If you get two-thirds of the way, well, better. You are a stronger swimmer. If you get three-quarters of the way there, you still didn't make it. And this is what we, the approach we don't want to take to heaven. We don't want to take this approach to heaven. We don't want to say, I'm pretty good. I think I'm good enough to get there, and I'm better than some of my friends, so I'm going to get there. We won't get there. No one gets there. All have sinned. All have sinned. Anybody ever done something they did not want to do? What's with that? We have good intentions, but we can't always follow through. That's sin, even in our thoughts. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace. Who's the his? Bible study? God. God's grace. Through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God presented Christ 
as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith, receive that same idea as it's a gift given. You cannot earn it. Even our faith, we can't say, I believe, so I'm better than the next guy. All we did was believe what was true. It's there. Let, let, let every man be a liar and God be true. Whether or not you believe it, the truth is true. And so here's some very important points because resurrection is the center of all that God is headed for and, and the only way that um, we know it's true. Only Jesus died and was brought back to life by God. It's the proof of all that he said. Here's some interesting terms. Uh, first of all, did you notice how many times it says the word all? This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. That's the only qualification. For all have sinned. That's everybody in the world. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. There's a lot of inclusive stuff in there. And it's either really good news or really bad news. All is important. All is important. No one escapes. You can't say, well, that's your truth and not my truth. That's not how God sees it. All are justified freely. Justification is a legal term. It means I'm guilty. And Christ comes in and, and does what I could never do and fulfills every iota of the law and declares me not guilty. It's a legal term. I go from being guilty to being not guilty. Redemption is a term that was used of a slave market and that people who were in a very bad place and being sold on a slavery block were bought back and set free. I've been legally cleared by Christ if I believe, if I receive the gift by faith. I have been bought back. I'm no longer my own. I've been bought at the great price, which was the life of Christ, the suffering and his death. And then this term, which in the old King James would have been propitiation. Anybody said propitiation this week? All right, there was a prize if you had. Propitiation means a sacrifice of atonement or a substitutionary sacrifice. And this was the whole thing of the, the animals being sacrificed. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God from the foundation of the world. That where I should die, the penalty for sin is death. And it doesn't matter if it's a little sin or a big sin. It's sin, and it falls short of the glory of God. So God in his love... Jesus in his love, before they ever created the earth and knew mankind would sin, said, we're going to do this, but we'll have to fix it ourselves. Surprise. Could man ever fix it? No. All have sinned. All fall short of the glory of God. And God says, I will send the thing most valuable in the world, my own son, and he will go as a man. And, you know, anyone else, any human would go, you're God. Why would you want to become a man? That's a step down. Would you want to become a grasshopper, an ant, right? I wouldn't. It's a step down. 
but because he loved us so much. The, the, the son comes to earth in the flesh. Carne, <laughs> chili con carne, meat in there. Jesus comes in the flesh because he has to die as a man because Adam was the man that messed it up and then passed all his sin to us. He has to die as a man and then God raises him up and says, that satisfies the payment for all people, for all time, no exceptions. All you have to do is receive the gift. Receive the gift, freely given, justified freely. When I read that this week, I sat in my office and just bawled. I said, God, it wasn't free at all. It wasn't free at all. It cost you everything. Jesus was spat on. He was betrayed by those who ate and drank and walked with him. For years, he was tortured. He was humiliated. And he said, you're worth it. You're absolutely worth it. And it cost him everything. We are justified freely. We've been redeemed. We have been atoned. And now I think I have to go all the way. Oop, there we go. All the way back to this. Don't how this got out of order. We were justified. We were declared not guilty. Though we were guilty, all of us are. Doesn't matter how good you are. Doesn't matter, you know, if you're better than the next guy. Before God, we're all, we were all guilty. We were redeemed. We were bought back. And he didn't buy us from the slave market just to work for him. He bought us and said, now you're free. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're an inheritor. You're co-heirs with Jesus, the Son. And you're the, he's the first fruits of those who will be um, resurrected. And then we are atoned for. The sacrifice we couldn't pay ourselves because we are not the spotless Lamb of God. We couldn't pay for it. And he reconciled us so that we would be friends with God. The resurrection is no small deal. The resurrection is to be understood and appreciate at the, what enormous cost it cost Jesus and that it is to be celebrated every day. If you have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and know you are in Christ, I, I, I pray that you will do that today. What a day if somebody comes in to the kingdom of heaven today on resurrection day and says, I'm in that all that all have sinned, but I'm not in the all that have believed yet. And you need to be. My friend, you need to be. There is no life apart from Christ. He's the only way to the Father. And I just encourage you, don't wait. None of us knows how long we have. And it's he is the only way, and it's a gift. Receive the gift. Hallelujah. I think we have Sean and Teresa are going to come up and sing for us.